Good morning everyone and welcome here to Essex Church, home of Kensington Unitarians. Whether you're here for the first time or a returning visitor, a listener on the podcast or whether this is your spiritual home, welcome. I'm Janine Powell and I'm a member of this congregation and I'll be taking today's service because our Minister Sarah is away but she'll be back next week. So let's start with some opening words which are by Mary Eads and they've been adapted slightly. If God is your strength and companion and prayer the means for centering your thoughts There is room for you here. If the teachings of the Buddha give you clarity and calm in the midst of human striving, there is room for you here. If Gaia's seasonal rhythms lead you best through the steps of life's great dance, there is room for you here. If the still mysterious capacity and power of the mind stirs your imagination and quickens your pulse, there is room for you here. Rest now beside that spring, whatever it is for you. And in that spirit, let us be here together. We're now going to light our chalice, as we do every week, our symbol of our worldwide Unitarian and Unitarian Universalist faith, with these words by Gordon McKeeman. Deep calls unto deep, joy calls unto joy, light calls unto light. Let the kindling of this flame rekindle in us the inner light of love, of peace and of hope. And as one flame lights another, nor grows the less, we pledge ourselves to be bearers of the light wherever we are. So let's take a moment now looking at these candles of joy and concern and reflecting on the issues that they represent. The joys and concerns of people that we know. Let us come together in the spirit of prayer as we ask the divine to be here with us now. Dear God, spirit of life, of our hearts and our understanding, Please help us make sense of this life, which has its periods of grey which come like dark clouds looming. It may be that those we know, or don't know, but we've heard about, are facing difficulties and troubles, troubles with their health or their home, family concerns or other issues. Help us to be ones who show care at these times, giving help to those who need it, 
as well as in our difficult times, being able to accept help from others. And in the joys in this life, let us celebrate with people, knowing that both joys and concerns exist in a delicate balance, creating a greater whole. Let's hold this truth and grace with love as we go forth in the days ahead. Amen. This is a well-quoted monologue from Shakespeare's As You Like It. The melancholy Jaquis compares the world to a stage and life to a play. All the world's a stage. And all the men and women merely players. They have their entrances and their exits And one man in his time plays many parts, his acts being seven ages. At first the infant, mewling and puking in his nurse's arms. Then the whining schoolboy with his satchel and shining morning face, creeping like a snail unwillingly to school. And then the lover, sighing like a furnace with a woeful ballad made to his mistress. Eyebrow, then a soldier, full of strange oaths and bearded like the pard, jealous in honour, sudden and quick in quarrel, seeking the bubble reputation, even in the cannon's mouth. And then the justice, in fair round belly, with good capon lined, with eyes severe and beard of formal cut, full of wise saws and modern instances, and so he plays his part. The sixth age shifts into the lean and slippered pantaloon, with spectacles on his nose and pouch on side, his youthful hose well saved, a world too wide for his shrunk shank and his big manly voice, turning again towards childish treble pipe, and whistles in his sound last scene of all that ends this strange eventful history is second childishness and mere oblivion sans teeth sans eyes sans taste sans everything For the next six minutes, we have a story. Its relevance will become clearer as um, we have our short address. So for now, you can just get yourself comfortable and um, relax and listen. It's called The Journey. There was once a young woman starting out in college, this new and exciting phase in her life. She was quite innocent, but blessed with a big, adventurous spirit. Her mum was nurturing, creative and loved nature. Her father was more structured and concerned with his status and worldly power. Growing up, she'd been very lucky that she'd had wonderful godparents. 
a godmother who taught her the importance of trusting her intuition, and a godfather who taught her the value of world religions and societal traditions and their importance in living a meaningful and spiritually fulfilled life. During her high school years, her favourite teacher of all had taught her to believe in her own inner power, that it's possible to influence the world around her, which was great as she saw a lot of injustices, and she wanted to change them, but she didn't know if it was possible. So off she went to college, ready, or so she thought, for all that it would bring. It was in college that she learnt about love and loss, through falling head over heels in love with a young man her father didn't approve of. She didn't know what to do, whether to follow her heart or follow her father's wishes. She didn't get to make that choice, in fact, because the young man revealed that he was interested in one of her friends. Now she was very angry, and she wanted to battle it out with her friend, confronting her, finding out if she'd done anything to encourage it. Knowing how close her and her friend was, she wasn't sure if her friend had done anything wrong. So she faced this inner conflict and inner battle on how to proceed. So after a while of pounding cushions and crying, she felt her temper was getting the better of her and she drew upon some wisdom that she'd been taught as a child. What she was taught was that there will be challenges in life, but she'll have the inner strength to overcome them. So she decided to spend the next few weeks having a lot of me time, having luxury bars and reading interesting books, and looking inside herself for the answers. After a month or so of this, realising that her friend had done nothing wrong, she emerged looking forward to the term ahead. She'd always been into sports and was looking forward to trying out for the sports team. But then she learned that the tryouts had been cancelled. Why do these bad things always happen to me? she thought. But then she remembered her godfather once telling her that life had its ups and it had its downs and the wisdom that this too shall pass. Sitting, considering the facts of the matter, she noticed that the tryouts had been rescheduled. But the new dates clashed with a series of social action seminars that she wanted to attend. What was she to do? She decided to to sacrifice the idea of being on the sports team in order to gain something of more benefit. She looked outside and saw the autumn leaves falling. All things must pass, she thought. She felt sadness, realising that she'd outgrown sports, something which had been a really important part of her life. She wanted to find a way to balance all these different emotions and realisations that she was having, and it was important for her to do so. Over the long winter months, she started to feel quite down. 
She didn't feel free to live her life even though she was now living miles away from her parents. It was only when her mum phoned to say that they were now renting out her bedroom to a lodger that the realisation hit her. She was no longer a child and she wasn't expected to live as others wanted her to. It was this living as others wanted that was making her so unhappy. And she decided that she could change this. She could live her own life now, the way that she wanted to, the way that was true to her. She felt a surge of inner passion, like the inner light shining inside her to guide her way home. But how was she going to do this in a practical way? How was she going to live her own life? Things seemed very unclear and she felt unsure. As the months went by, attending the social action seminars and living her own life, her own way and starting to, she started to feel much, much happier and was living her life with more integrity. Summer was fast approaching and with it graduation and the end of college. And as if it couldn't have been timed any better, she was offered the perfect job in a social change charity. She knew what she needed to do, get her assignments finished, use any money left for her birth, from her bursary to pay off her debts so she could start off the next chapter in her life with a clean slate. By the time graduation day came, she had matured. She knew who she was and what she wanted. She'd learnt many lessons and mastered many skills. She felt proud of her achievements and knew that she could succeed at anything she turned her hand to. And as she threw her graduation cap in the air with the others, she knew for her that it meant more. It was more than just a cap. It was the taking off of the old and the start of the new. So thank you for joining in that ritual in whatever way you did. There are so many ways practitioners work with tarot, but regardless of the way, they all allow insights to arise in relation to a question or a situation one wants some clarity or guidance on. By opening ourselves up to listen to the still, small voice within, I believe we allow ourselves to open up to greater and deeper wisdom and knowledge. In Barbara Moore's steampunk tarot manual, she states, Some people think of a reading as a communication with the divine, as a sacred act. In reaching out to the divine, they wish to create a liminal space, a time out of time, a place out of place, a world between worlds. I'm definitely one of those people. For me, consulting with the tarot is a sacred and ritualistic act. I light candles and use a special cloth to put the cards on. And then after preparing the physical space, I prepare myself by taking deep breaths to still and centre myself and calm my mind.
much like I guided you all to earlier. At times, I also say a a brief few lines, like a prayer, asking for guidance and being able to channel the wisdom in a way which will be of most benefit. I hold the question in my mind and shuffle the cards until I sense it's time to stop. And then I pick a card which I'm drawn to, the same as you all picked a card which you were drawn to. The school of thought which many tarot practitioners hold is that a person will be drawn to the card or cards which are right for them. Once the card is drawn, it's then for me to become a clear channel for whatever thoughts, images, meanings or senses arise and to give voice to them. So that's the experience. I'm aware that some of you may be quite knowledgeable about tarot cards and others of you less so. But I think that most people have more familiarity with them than they think. And I'll give you two reasons why um, this is, as well as an introduction to the tarot. Tarot is a very broad and deep subject, as it's interconnected with layers of symbolism and systems, including numerology, astrology and star signs, spiritual and religious symbols, as well as school of thought such as Kabbalah, archetypes of the collective unconscious, as well as other esoteric systems. So I'll give a very skeletal overview of the tarot deck, which is divided into two parts, the major arcana and minor arcana. And arcana means secret or mystery. The first reason tarot is probably already familiar to you is because, you know, for those of you who've ever played with a regular pack of playing cards, you know, with um, the four suits, the diamonds, hearts, clubs and spades, then you're familiar with the tarot suits, which are wands, cups, swords and pentacles. However, with the regular deck, you have three court cards, that's Jack, Queen and King. And in tarot, you have four court cards. That's the Page, Knight, Queen and King. In tarot, these suits, numbered 1 or Ace to 10, and the court cards are called the Minor Arcana and relate to the details of events we experience. At its very basic interpretation... Wands relate to the element of fire and deal with passions, motivations and creativity. Cups relate to water and to one's emotional world, such as platonic and romantic relationships and artistic pursuits. Swords relate to air and intellectual ideas, communication and problem-solving. And lastly, pentacles relate to earth and the material world of work, finance, home and self-worth. The people in our lives and the qualities we develop within us are described by the court cards.
The second reason you are more familiar with the tarot than you may think you are is because you're human. And part of that means experiencing events in our lives which are common to all human beings. The words from Shakespeare's monologue, All the World's a Stage, likens our lives to that of a play in which the curtain opens when we're born and we go through many events as we grow up and grow older. And finally, the curtain closes and our show ends. In these events, the details may be different, but the themes are the same. The story of the young woman who went to college, which we heard earlier, was in fact the archetypal journey of the psyche as depicted through the 22 major arcana cards. These cards deal with the bigger themes of life, the lessons we learn, often over and over again throughout our lifetime, taking us from innocence to maturity. You may relate to the excitement of the start of a new experience or phase in life, or the challenges of learning how to make difficult decisions about things that you love, or maybe becoming aware of your inner strength during a really difficult situation, or your desire to leave a legacy or make your mark on the world. And then there are the people who help us learn these lessons over the years, the nurturers and the teachers, both in person and through the wisdom of the written word. Maybe you had someone in your life, a friend or a teacher, whose words or actions have inspired you to become more of who you are and to share your skills and talents with the world. I believe that we are all in this together, this great mystery of life. And throughout our lives, we find different ways to make sense of the things which happen to us, both joyful and sad and everything in between. We try to make sense of ourselves and where we fit into the great scheme of it all. This is part of being human and the tools which we use to help us find answers are as diverse as we are. Whatever helps us to connect to that which we hold as divine and the deeper truth that we seek can only be a blessing in our lives. So let us reflect on the insights that we may have gained here today with the aid of the tarot, as I leave you with these words by Sarah York. She says, We receive fragments of holiness, glimpses of eternity, brief moments of insight. Let's gather them up for the precious gifts that they are and renewed by their grace, move boldly into the unknown. So may it be. Amen. To wish for compassion, to pray for courage, to experience doubt, to bear sorrow, to strive for assuredness, all these qualities, for, for all these qualities, we should be grateful. But to feel a genuine fellowship 
for the whole human family. To act so that our empathy is evident wherever we go. That's the object. That's the lifelong goal. And so may it be one of your goals in your life and the week ahead. Go in peace and blessed be. Amen.